welcome to the Upsiders podcast, where we unpack what it takes to become an influencer. Not your bikini-clad, selfie-taking Instagrammer, but uh, an influencer in the true sense of the word. Someone who's an expert in their chosen field, a leader in business, someone who's built a trusted community and inspires others to take action. My name's Victoria Jones, and I'm founder of leading influencer marketing agency, The Upsiders. Through this podcast, I want to equip you with the knowledge needed to take your own business to the next level, build your brand, and fast-track your entrepreneurial journey. I'll be interviewing the world's most successful business leaders, innovators, and influencers. We'll delve deep into how they kick-started their business, the tips they've learned along the way, and reveal what it takes to succeed. It feels great to be finally interviewing Jackie Maxted, who we've got here today. We've been trying to lock in this interview for a while, so it's great to have you finally on the show. Uh, we both live in Bondi, so we're doing this from my apartment in North Bondi, and um, you can probably hear the ocean in the background. We're looking out to, yeah, a lovely sunny day on Ben Buckler. So, yeah, we're also in our active wear and been for swims and yoga, so we're really living the Bondi cliche right now. Um, by way of introduction, uh, Jackie Max said is founder of Beauty Heaven Group, Australia's leading online beauty business. You may have visited Beauty Heaven to read reviews of the latest products or get advice on creating a salon look at home. Jackie sold her business to Bauer Media in 2015. Um, correct me if I'm wrong, but I think it was for over $20 million. Is it that somewhere around there. Somewhere around there. <laughs> so um, yeah, an incredible success story and a testament to your hard work and business acumen. So it's great to have you on the show sharing your mm. tips and advice and a little bit about your story. It's probably also worth noting that Jackie is my former boss when I worked um, as an online manager at Beauty Heaven. So it's good to be interviewing you for a change. You're in the hot seat instead of me. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, yes, Jackie, would you give us a little bit of background about how you started your business and how you came to found your own PR agency and also um, Beauty Heaven as well? Sure. First of all, thank you for inviting me. It's such a pleasure to be here. I've never been interviewed in such uh, salubrious circumstances <laughs> and such an amazing view. Um, it's kind of hard to switch the brain on when you've got this uh, incredible uh, outlook. But I will try in the Bondi bubble. Um, so my, my business really started out of a lifestyle choice rather than anything else. Um, after the birth of my first child, I was working as a, as a group director in a PR agency in, in Sydney, which I loved. But I went back to work three days and was finding myself really stretched from three days and looking after a, a baby had its challenges. So over a few months, it kind of became clear to me that working for myself was probably going to be a good idea. So started an agency, luckily enough, with a client who was a friend. It grew from there. It was never really at that stage about having my own business, although I had been told I was fairly unemployable. Um, <laughs> Why <to> was that? <laughs> I think I always had a lot of opinions about things that weren't necessarily always required or welcomed. And I found it astounding that people didn't want to know what I thought. Um, so having <laughs> your own business, then <laughs> you can have thoughts about everything and your ideas and your thoughts and your conversations, to me, all form part of what makes the business successful. And I wanted to embrace all the ideas I had into something that was going to work. Um, and when you can only put part of yourself in, I felt that was very restrictive. So Yeah, well, I think when you put all of yourself in, that's when it's super successful as well and you're really living your passion, aren't you? Totally. And it's funny because I was talking to my son yesterday who's currently working in a government department, um, interning as he's learning this, uh, this new area of, of life. And he was telling me how he was at a high-powered meeting and I said, oh, what did you contribute? And he said, oh, no, we weren't allowed to talk. Um, only the people at the top levels were invited to uh, participate. Oh, gosh, how depressing. It seemed so weird to me that you wouldn't embrace everyone. Yeah, especially the younger generation, you know, that maybe have newer, fresher ideas. And exactly. No wonder government's in the state it's in. <laughs> You do wonder, don't you? Yeah. I mean, the idea, I mean, I think one of the things about my business was that when you bring people in, if you have the right people in the business, you want all of them. And I think I used to say to some people working there, you know, 
don't do this job here unless you love it because it takes passion from everybody to really make this work. And I think that in, in going from a PR agency to, which was a kind of fairly safe standard business model, into something brand new like the Beauty Heaven Group, it really took all of our skills for all of us working there to make it happen. And did you start, was it just, it was you and you also co-founded it with Janet, um, Janet yes. Yeah, who's, who's just about still there. Or she just, I think maybe she recently left. Um, and you both decided, okay, let's start this. You know, it was relatively new, wasn't it? Online publishing. People were still reading magazines. They were. Weren't they? It was, you know, we were thinking, we looked at this model in the UK, which I think was a magazine, a book, uh, a regular, like a, a subscription-based magazine which put beauty media in touch with beauty companies. It was a published list of PRs. That was where the idea first came from. But at that time, the online world was just starting to take off. So we thought, well, any time anything's published, as soon as it's done, it's out of date. So why don't we take this online? Yeah, that's a brilliant yeah. idea. Let's do that. Yeah, it's so true, and everything's so immediate, and you can, you know, change it as you go as well, can't you? With with online, I always like that. That you know, if you made a mistake, you could go back and, go back and it fix it. Magazine, it's published for the whole month, there for everyone to see your mistakes. Yeah. So this was just a timing issue, really. That um, we did launch a site in two thousand uh, when the internet was just starting to happen. But the problem with the site at the time was that we thought it was a great idea and technology provided us with a, with a great uh, opportunity, but the world hadn't really caught up with it yet. So when we first launched it, it was a complete flop. You, you didn't um, have anyone, you didn't have people using the service? Or... No. The beauty editors, um, we had consulted with them to develop the site, but once we actually launched it, it was kind of became clear that the only people who had access to the internet were the editors of the magazines. So they had to go and see if someone was able to give up their computer. To oh, my the gosh. <laughs> so we were a bit early. Yeah. But, you know, these are all great learnings. Yeah. It's and a flop and you pick yourself up and go, okay, now what? <laughs> yeah, I think that's an important point because so many people, you know, might launch with something or launch business and then will get rejected once. They're like, oh, okay, it's not going to work. And I think that's so important. You have to be resilient, have to keep pushing and trying and evolving, especially yeah. in today's market because things are moving so quickly and yeah. you know just because maybe the first iteration of your business was didn't work doesn't mean the next one's not going to absolutely there's something about your business energy that's really important and I realized this from doing sport when I'm ever doing because I do um, surf ski paddling and and some running and some swimming and I realize in myself that I, there's always I'm working at 70 percent the trainers always notice. Right, They say, okay. Jackie, you're, you're working at 70, maybe even 60. You're like, yeah, I am. And, and that's because I want to have plenty left. So when you start a business, and I, I wasn't conscious of this until, as I say, I realized how I work myself. I put maybe 60, 70% in. I, didn't, I never flogged myself. I never put all the money up front and then had nothing left. It was slowly surely gradually but always plenty left in the tank right okay yeah because I think lots of people just totally burn out I know I've done that myself I've just taken on everything said yes to everything and then suddenly got total burnout and yeah overwhelmed so you think when you're starting just don't give everything conserve give... right okay conserve. I mean, so, be energetic and be passionate but conserve and that was purely circumstantial for me because I had children so I kept having my my career and my business punctuated by babies right for over the course of 12 or 13 years when all the main business stuff was happening wow and so I think that <laughs> was enforced um holding back yeah so you had to juggle family life and yeah. launching it's like you're launching two babies isn't it your yes. business baby and and real babies. Real babies, yeah. And there was something about having to do both which really enabled the businesses to be successful. Oh, and maybe it's a hold your horses type thing. 
Yeah, that's interesting because I think people think, oh, you can only do one or the other. You know, I've thought that myself, put having a family on hold while I get my business off the ground. But it's nice to know that, yeah, perhaps you can do both at the same time. And was it difficult? What were the challenges with doing that? That you never feel like you've done anything properly. Having babies, looking after babies properly or managing the business properly. But it just has to be good enough. Yeah. So I'm not a perfectionist. No, really I don't not. think I don't think um, I don't think anyone would even launch a business if they were a perfectionist because it's never going to be perfect, is no. it? Nothing. It's just a it's just a, an organic thing. Yeah, it's a thing that you start and you don't exactly know where it's going or how it's going to be. But for me, just having a sense of where you're heading now, and that's all. Where are you heading now? Yeah, today even. I didn't ever write business plans for the first 10 years. Didn't you? You no. just thought, right, I'm going to just... Just kind of, what's happening today? <laughs> team, <laughs> yeah. tell me what's happening. <laughs> yeah. The secret to success is having a great team. Right, so looking... So when you, going back to when you started with Janet and, mm. and you were trying to get um, more people onto the platform, how did you sort of evolve it and then to the point where you did need a team? And Yeah. I think that it's important to be good with people full stop in any business. So you learn about your business by interacting with people in the industry. I don't call it networking because it feels a bit Cheesy. contrived. Yeah. I feel like if you love working with people and you're collaborative in your approach, your business becomes everyone's business. Yeah. So... If things are working, great. If, if you're getting obstacles, you're listening, you're trying to find solutions and you keep moving forward and spreading, spreading the word about your business and trying to get people on board with the idea. Okay, and getting feedback from them along the way. Yeah. So you'd get feedback from the beauty editors, yes, what they liked and didn't like. And... and then feedback from clients as to what they're prepared to pay pricing-wise, what they want from the service, what they don't want from the service. So when we first signed up a client with this concept they'd never heard of and was new in the world, really, our business model and our type of service, um, we had to listen to the people who were potentially going to buy. And they were buying from us off a piece of paper. Right, so... So we had to kind of convince them of the idea... Um, which we did somehow, probably with Janet more than I. <laughs> well, probably because you were you were passionate about it, weren't you? And Incredible. you were that obviously comes across. And I think people buy into that authenticity and and passion, and yeah. that they're you know they're willing to give it a go and support people that are really you know passionate about what they're doing. And well, I think with passion, you you become you're happy. Yeah, like if you're doing something that you believe in and and then other people buy into the idea as well. It makes you kind of double smile. You go, yeah. Oh, my God, you think it's great too. <laughs> it's infectious. <laughs> it's, it's infectious. Yeah. And I, I think it grew, it grew from there. But you have to have a balance of skills. You know, I'm not anything like the people person that Janet is, was, and is. I've got, a, I've got a good business head. So while it's lovely networking with people and learning, you also have to keep your eye on the business side, which for me is about money, goals, strategy, um, being questioning of everything yeah. without being cynical, realistic, and that, So questioning where the money's going and looking at your... P&L all the time, were you across that? Not so much a P&L because I'd never really heard of that either, but, but certainly across what are we going to sell these things for, what are our outgoings, when can we start looking to pay ourselves, when can we start looking at a profit, um, just very pragmatic about life. Yeah. I can't put everything on the line, I've got mouths to feed. Yeah. So what... It's fine to be friendly, but when are we getting sales? So very focused on, very focused on sales. Yeah, so being commercially savvy, because I do work with a lot of people, particularly some influencers who 
you know, they might be very passionate about starting their health blog and studying as nutritionist, and but they haven't thought, okay, how am I going to make money from this? And I think it's so important to, because if you're going to turn it into a living, you need to pay your rent and bills and make money. So I think looking at, okay, how how will this turn into a sustainable business? I think that has to be top of mind. Yeah. How is this going to turn into a business? Otherwise, it's a passion and a hobby, which is fine. Yeah. If that's what it is, that's what it is. But then you have to probably work. But if yeah. it's not going to provide you with an income, be real. Yeah. You know, because it's disappointing to throw yourself into something, I'm sure, and then find out you can't make money from it because we do have to live. Yeah, it's definitely a balance, isn't it? Doing something you love and how can I make money from this? And yeah. then I think when those two things work together, it's, it feels amazing, I think, doesn't it? That's yeah. um, how I feel anyway. And also being realistic, I suppose, about how much you need to make and if it's enough, then fine. Yeah. Depends what your intentions are. To be honest, my intention from the very start of Beauty Heaven and Beauty Directory was to sell it. Was it? So you set it, built the business initially and you thought, my aim is to... Did you have a timeline? I want no, to sell it in... That was just, where I went wrong. But as it turned out, it happened when it happened. But no, I had an idea that I want to start something that I can build and sell from day one. Right. But it was and, very much in the back of my head. It wasn't in the front part of my head, but that was the reason. Because working for you, it never felt like you were wanting to sell. It felt like you would do it forever. Yes. It really and did, it, which is a, a good thing, I think, you know. Yeah, you can... I, I, well, I didn't ever want to leave it when I was working in it. It's just that I wanted to build something that had value. Yeah. So when I say I wanted to sell it, what that meant was, rather than I want to walk away with a big check, I want to build something that is worth something significant in dollars. Yeah. Just because it's worth it doesn't mean I'm going to sell it, but I want it to be worth a lot. I don't yeah. know. I don't really know why. I think it was because when I worked in the PR agency world, it always felt like I was very much attached to it. Without it becomes about the person who runs it, and you can never step out. Whereas with this this business, I also wanted to build something that could run without me, and did largely yeah. did. I mean, I don't think I was ever working in in that business for more than maybe 30 hours a week right certainly so never 60 never yeah initially though you must have when you were starting out I didn't no no I didn't I was because I had this other life that required my time and that's not to say that when I wasn't working in the office it wasn't on my mind it was very much on my mind so it does definitely filter into every part of your life but it was not me in the office for long periods of time ever and how did you you know in terms of why beauty what made you decide okay we're going to because there was beauty directory and then beauty heaven which mm. is an online um beauty platform website isn't it that's everything to do with beauty did you but love beauty what what made you do no isn't it funny no i i have no I, when i started the the business the girls who worked with me in the first few years were really helpful in showing me how to use makeup because <laughs> <laughs> i really had no idea and but you were passionate you must have been passionate about the business and the idea of online the business it was yeah. very much the business that enticed me and the reason it was beauty going back to your question, was because the PR business had some significant beauty clients. Right. So okay, we had relationships with all the editors, um, the beauty editors at the time, and we had great relationships with the industry. Yeah. So it could have been home, it could have been beauty, it could have been any other kind of vertical, really, but it happens to be beauty. Yeah. But great, because we got free makeup. Right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I remember the um, beauty cupboard was <gasps> unbelievable. Phenomenal. And walking in there, and I think on a birthday we got to got a bag of beauty products, and I I couldn't believe it when I started. I was like, "This is amazing! All this Gucci perfume, and I'd never heard of a primer before." And next thing you know, like because some of the girls were super super passionate about um, 
yeah, I remember Olivia McKinnon, who I think now she's gone on to do some amazing... She's on TV now, isn't she? On TV. She's gone from radio to mags to TV. She's doing incredibly well. Yeah. She's one of my... Oh, favorite, incredible girl. Yeah, she she taught me a lot about primers and all these different yeah. things that anti-aging stuff should be using. And yeah, really special place to work in terms of it was health and beauty. It was it was everything to do with um, feeling good about yourself. Really, wasn't it? It really wasn't a very powerful female workplace. If I, I would like to think. Yeah, yeah, that was not going to be one of my questions. Um, which was, I remember you saying it felt like a feminist. You felt like we were a feminist organization. And, um, you know, lots of, yeah, women, I think, don't feel empowered at work. And I think working in the, an all-female office, it did feel very empowering and supportive. And I think sometimes there can be press that women don't support each other at work and they, you know, they're trying to step on each other's toes and there's bitchiness. But that was never the case. I think it's really... It was like a real team, wasn't it, of everyone helping each other and, and working towards something? It really was. I was very particular about the culture. Um, and if there were problems, I wanted to jump on them really fast. So that was really deliberate that you created that? Yes, absolutely. Culture. I think um, workplace should be about being productive. And when things started happening, which didn't happen very often at all, but if they ever did, that sort of toxicity between any employers, male or female, can become very destructive and distracting from what we're trying to do. So my first... Um, <laughs> people hated me for this, but if anything was going wrong between a couple of employees who need to work together, I would have them in an office and make them sort it out. Yeah, I remember that, yeah. <laughs> It's the best way because otherwise you get all this unwritten stuff said and I know. better just to say it as it is. I think so. Well, for me it is. I'm not sure it was for them. Challenge, it was very challenging to ask someone to change their behavior. Yeah. But I insisted on it, really. And um, for better or for worse, it protect, for me I was protecting the culture. Yeah. And the culture is you're here, you're, the workplace is safe, I want everyone to be able to express themselves safely and calmly, and I don't want undercurrents. Yeah, and do you think that's really important, you know, when starting a business and people grow their business and they're looking to employ people, they yeah. should have in mind the culture that they want to create? I think it's as important as the business idea. You know, what, what is it that you want your people who work for you to turn up as? What do you, what do you want from them? Yeah. How do you want them to be? What do you want them to experience of your business? Because that is the critical part of what's going to make your business successful or not. You can't do it on your own. Yeah. You know, you can be a great single person on your own, but you can't, you know, building a team is you want everybody on board. And again, it, it's not a cynical growth. It's a natural growth because people love being there. And I genuinely believe that, that the team we had, for the most part enjoyed their jobs and enjoyed being there yeah yeah well I can I'm a, um, I can agree with that yeah. definitely I just remember I'd never drunk so much Prosecco I don't think <laughs> <laughs> it was uh, that was what was really nice you you know there was lots of fun things and and, and I think also it wasn't too serious like if you know we, there were some serious times where we had to be launching something and I think missed the date or there was mm -hmm. some technical issues and you said well are we saving lives? Is anyone going to die? And then, you know, because everyone's getting so caught up, you think, actually, no, no one's going to die. So it can wait a day. And I think that's something that I remember a lot now when I get stressed at work. I think, okay, well, I'm not, not in A&E. You know, <laughs> it's not, it's not okay. a life and death situation, which I think people can get very caught up, can't they? And Yeah, I mean, you want people to take their work seriously, but by the same token... We all have lives to live, and it's not the end of the world when something at work goes wrong. Yeah. It can be the end of the world when something in your personal life goes wrong. You know, that, that's, that's tragic. can be tragic. Yeah. So I think keeping work in perspective is good, but I, but I was demanding a fair bit from people too. Yeah. Um, I, wasn't, uh, I wasn't backward in coming forward about what I expected from people, but I think I was clear, and... And then I got, cl I got clarity back from people as well. 
So I think you would say the advice would be have really open, honest conversations oh. with your team all the time. Yeah. Every week, every, you yeah. know, every day even been having a morning meeting. Yeah. With, with, my, with our managers. I think having a morning meeting is great in a small team. But also as a leader, be prepared to be wrong. Yeah. You know, have your, have your opinion, but make sure people feel able to say, I don't really agree with that, Jackie. I can I understand what you're saying, but I don't really agree with that. And I hope that people are able to say that. I've certainly experienced some people very you know, vocally disagreeing with, with me. But bring it on. Yeah, it makes you question everything then, doesn't yeah. it? Yeah. Get a better outcome. Definitely. Really. I think being a leader is a really interesting concept. And I don't think you know the leader you are until you are one. And it's good to ask people, how am I doing? Yeah, which can be quite scary for people. I know when I've asked for testimonials from clients or feedback, it can be quite confronting, you know, to, to even just ask for it. But it's so important because it helps you improve as long as it's um, constructive. and. Yeah, well, I feel it's the same as parenting. You don't try and be perfect. Yeah. With your ch- children or with people you work with because you're not. And if you do start pretending you are, you're going to have to cover up some stuff. It could <laughs> yeah. be quite challenging in tough times. Yeah. <laughs> so don't be it in the first place. I think being honest about your own limitations is important in choosing the team that you want because if you don't understand what your strengths are and then conversely what your weaknesses are, how are you going to fill the gaps? Yeah. Um, so filling the gaps with your weaknesses is critical in building your team. Yeah, I remember you said that to me. I was asking for some advice about employing people and I'd tend to employ people that subconsciously I think I'd liked or, you know, yeah. saw them as like a mini me or no, maybe it was an ego thing or it was something I just, and I think lots of people do that, employ people they like as opposed to what's going to be best for the business. I remember you said to me, look at all your weaknesses mm-hmm. and employ someone whose strengths they are, yeah. which is really good advice. I think, did you do that a lot? Not consciously, but obviously I, I must have done that because I had lots of people doing all the things that I couldn't do. Yeah. Um, so I think you do look for, when you start having problems in your business of any kind, is a red signal to say, well, what's happening here? Why has, because obviously the business idea I believe in and I've started to show signs of success, so things are working, but this has cropped up. What does that mean? And I think you need to keep re-examining those things. When if you get the same kind of issues keep happening over and over again, it's probably an alarm bell that a skill set in your personality could be missing. Right. So what's going on? And really drill down and be harsh with yourself. Why is that happening? And don't, you know, don't ever be a victim about it. It's not it's not poor me. It's why is this happening in this business? What's missing? Yeah, look That's at it allowing. objectively. Look at it objectively. Get some advice from outside. Ask people, why do you think this is happening? I keep coming up against this, this same issue. I'm not sure why. And you'll soon find out. And you'll then be able to identify the kind of people that you need around to supplement your strengths. Yeah, definitely. And I think yeah, that was very clear, definitely at Beauty Heaven, that there were lots of different skill sets and and the people loved doing, you know, some people, I hate admin, but there were people there that loved admin. Yeah. They loved it. I wish I could find someone like that now that just loves, um, yeah, loves doing the admin tasks and all the detail. Yes. Didn't. Unfortunately, sometimes the people that you need the most are the people who might irritate you most in the world. Because, you know, if you're really not, I'm a really big picture person, terrible with detail. It sounds maybe you're a bit similar. But what it means when you employ someone who's then really great at detail and crosses every T and dots every I, they will be asking things of you which will drive you nuts. Yeah. Do you really need me to do that? And the answer is yes. Yeah. I just need you to pay attention to this just for a few minutes. But, it's, it, but it, it's a constant source of discomfort for people like me because you don't want to be held down to that detail. You just want to do the fun stuff. Yeah. So they will drive you mad, but you need them. Yeah, it's actually really important. Really important, yeah. And were there times um, in the business where you stepped back and went, wow, this is, you know, I've grown this site into, I mean, how many people did you employ at 
by the end there was about 45 45 people and you'd grown that in how many years um we started in 2000 and well 2000 but yeah 15 years yeah did you did you take time to step back and go wow this is um you know we're making good money we're able to employ people not until i sold it right so you kept striving for that yeah that goal and i wasn't striving to sell for a number at all ever it really wasn't about that. It was about wanting... I think there's something about business acceptance. I feel... I, I liked the idea that I'd been part of something that we'd grown from nothing, that was pushing new boundaries. And not that I'm overstating it. It was a beauty website. But, but still, we'd change people's behaviors. And we'd come up with a new idea, which was exciting. We'd built this amazing team of mostly women. And I was really proud of all those facets, but it, it was not about walking away with some money in the bank. It was about going, I can do this. I can make this work. And uh, I, was proud, I was proud of that. Yeah. And stepping back didn't happen until I had time to lie on Bondi Beach for the best part of two years <laughs> <laughs> and go, wow. I can just lie here and look at the ocean and have a swim and and go for a coffee and and I have no restrictions. And then I started really appreciating the work that had gone into taking me to that place. Yeah, and I think what's also so nice is because I used to work at Bauer in um, magazines and I think what's really nice is there's this magazine company. You start a website, um, attract the ad dollars that used to be spent from brands in magazines to your website and then then you're finding Bowers buying it back from you. I mean, it's a... Very it's lucky. A, yeah, it's a nice um, nice when you see the, you know, small guy against the, yeah. you know, the big corporate and yes. eventually buying you out. It's interesting, though, because even though I st- you know, said earlier that I wanted to build a business to sell, the, the idea that you can walk away from something that you've spent 15 years of your life building is quite phenomenal. And I wouldn't have done it had it not been for circumstances. And I do believe the only reason the business sold when it did um, was in in my hippy-dippy way, um, it was kind of provided by the universe because it would have been perfectly okay to walk away from the business and not sell it at the right time too. Right. Because it's a journey that you just go on. And you think it was just right time? Yeah, I do. And I think going with that idea in your own business is really important. Just let each day be good. Yeah. Have these big goals and big ideas and and, and have drive and determination to get to the next step. But also be prepared that the journey is the journey. And if you want to be a business owner, it can be a rough one. It's not an easy one, you know. What did you find hardest about running a business? Oh, it's so you can have a, depends on your personality too, but you can have fantastic days when things are just going so well and all you can do is smile. And other days just feel hard and a sale falls through or something goes wrong with a site build or something happens in the press that you don't like or a competitor pops up out of nowhere and what the hell. And so there's, there's some drama that you have to manage. Um, Critical people leave the business. One of the worst things that can happen. I was in India once with uh, with Dai, you know, my my two IC, who was with me for fifteen years, and uh, we went to India for a month to do some yoga. Not long after my marriage broke up, and we used to do a call into the office every Friday on Skype call. And the first Friday, we called in and uh, the team, the management team were there and saying, oh, yeah, everything's fine, everything's fine. And, oh, someone needs to speak to you at the end. And, oh, it turns out that someone's resigned and a really important person has resigned. And so, okay, well, that's not so bad. You know, we need to start looking at recruiting, et cetera, et cetera. Anyway, next Friday comes around. Another person resigns. The third Friday comes around, another person resigns. So now I'm getting really upset and I'm trying to do yoga. (laughs) (laughs) Not so zen after that. (laughs) Anyway, we got back from the trip and um, the following Friday we had a a meeting with the management team and my fourth part of bad news 
which I'd avoided by not Skyping on the last Friday, arrived when I got back to the office. Um, what was that? that? Another person Another person. Another, another person wow. So it's just, and I, and I think with businesses, this goes in waves. I think you do suddenly go through a period of losing a bunch of people, and I don't know why. Maybe as you grow, it doesn't suit people anymore, but you can take it personally. Yeah. It's hard, and business. you have to not take it yeah, personally. Yeah, business, so many times you get rejected and rejected, and you think, okay, I can't. It's just a business. It's, yeah. you know... It's, it's hard not to, though, isn't it? To when you you put everything into it, it's hard not to take things personally. Sometimes it is, and I think that when you love your team, it's like your family, and then they're going, "Well, we're leaving. <laughs> <laughs> Why? Why do you want to leave?" And of course, you do understand, but it happens. Yeah, yeah. And so, how did you overcome those challenges? Is it you know being really solution focused? positive did you often find that in those challenging times it helped made you question things in the business and change it slightly or I think it gives you the opportunity to reflect on on where you're at with um, let's say someone's left and you looking to replace them so okay what are the things about that person that were really working well and what were the challenges with that person as well so when we're looking to recruit somebody new maybe we're a bit smarter about who we find to replace them um, if it's to do with uh, you know losing a big sale, you go back and you look at your clients and go, what weren't they getting from us that made them make that decision? And also to accept that sometimes just stuff happens and it's yeah. nothing to do with you and just keep going. Yeah. Yeah, it's true. It's like when you go on a date and you know yeah. they're, they're not interested and you might be or vice versa and you think, well, you can either take it personally and get down about it or think, well, maybe just wasn't the right timing and that exactly. partnership didn't work and the right exactly. one will come along. I think so. I think it's important to... I saw this TED... Oh, maybe you told me. I saw this TED thing recently about emotions. It was so interesting. She said, um, emotions need to be felt in full. If you try and push them away and resist them and distract yourself, then they stay around and become memories of emotions and they come up again. If you allow an emotion to react completely, let it just wash over you, it actually lasts physiologically for 90 seconds. And once you've allowed that emotion to completely wash over you and be devastating, whatever it is, you can let it go. Yeah, that's true, because I think when you cry, you know, you, you let, you're releasing, I think, in your tears, there's something that releases when you cry, yeah. and I think, yeah, letting stuff out can be really good and therapeutic. Yes. But yeah, often we do block things, you know, think, I won't deal with that now. I think men are especially good at that, aren't they? We'll put that in the filing cabinet in the back Come of the back brain. To, and who's ever going to open that drawer? <laughs> yeah, I know. Usually the next partner, and then... Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah hell breaks loose but there's definitely yeah something to be said for for dealing with things then and and yeah accepting everything yeah as it happens yeah but I think allowing that emotion is something that we're not necessarily used to so really embracing the idea of oh this is happening and just letting it be is something you have to sort of work at yeah, and do you, have you done that since? Um, yeah, yeah being in Bondi to. and <laughs> Bondi's a great <laughs> place to break down. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I, I do. I have plenty of time, so yes, I do do that now. Better, I mean, I, I, but, you know, a business when when you're faced with a problem like that and you have an emotional response, then the next thought is, what will I do? So in business, maybe it would be useful to think, well, I've got ninety seconds to actually let this happen without thinking what am I going to do yeah would probably be a good idea but I didn't do that then I didn't know that yeah I think that's good advice like if you yeah maybe lose a client or get rejected for yeah an opportunity yeah feel it go yeah. okay let it process yeah don't say what's next because maybe you just need to do that first yeah I think that's good advice because the worst thing to do is probably write an email. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we've all done that. Fire off an angry email and then you send it and think, you sometimes, I've tried to do that recall before and it never quite works. And I think it's actually worse because 
it comes up on the person's e- email. They try to recall this. So I know when I've had those emails, I think, oh, great. <laughs> must be a it? juicy one. Yeah, <laughs> must be something interesting here. <laughs> it's funny. I've um, We've received in our business, it was so funny, and when email was probably relatively new, you know, it was so easy to quickly write a response and send. And I don't think in the early days people had a real understanding of how these written words were so different to business conversations. Because I grew up in an area where people made business calls. Yeah. You'd send business emails or you send a letter, you know, it's a letter or a phone call, nothing else, fax maybe. They, yeah. Those things take time, right? So yeah. you have time to consider what your letter might say. Emails is like, could be verbal diarrhea, but quickly <laughs> yeah. written and sent before there's any time to really think about it. And a few times in business, we had these, uh, a couple of people who didn't gel with us, let's say, too well from uh, PR agencies because they were a little bit threatened by our business. And we got a couple of emails inadvertently, which they meant to send to somebody else to complain about us, but they actually sent reply oh, no. to us. Oh, no. And so we had the benefit of really hearing what people thought of us, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> which was quite shocking, but a great lesson. Wow. Would you reply to those emails no. or just, no. yeah? No, I think... I Almost think they, worse then, isn't it, when the person sends things, oh, gosh. I think well, my editor at Beauty Directory at the time did once send something back to a person who'd inadvertently sent us a bit of an unpleasant email saying... I think this may have come to us by mistake. <laughs> Passive aggressive. <laughs> not my not my style, but fine. It's fine. Um, she would have been dying. I mean, it really was yeah. quite unpleasant, but it's fine. One of those things. Take the ninety seconds. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> and so, what now for you? You, um, I know you're doing a lot of sport and yoga, and yeah, you've I'm, got a few ideas in the works for your next next venture. I do. Like, I'm interested in um, doing something that embraces my current passions without an intention to sell. (laughs) (laughs) I I have no intention to sell anything ever again, but I'm interested in contributing to something. And I really do believe that yoga and meditation and having holistic alignment of our body, mind, spirit is a way forward for individuals, but for everybody. Um, We need more peace and calm in the world. And uh, so my contribution will be in bringing something to people that uh, embraces all the passions I have in that area. Not quite sure what that looks like yet, but I have to build a team to make sure that happens. (laughs) It's not going to happen on my own. Um, In the meantime, I just love... I've got a family still growing who... uh, I love spending time with. I've reconnected with lots of friends I didn't have time for when I was working, and I'm traveling. So I have an incredible uh, life that I'm incredibly grateful for. Yeah, enjoy every moment. Well, you deserve it after, um, yeah, all the you know, business work you've done and growing the business. So, yeah, you should just enjoy, enjoy everything Bondi has to offer at the moment. Thank you. Yes, I will. And uh, thank you for this. It's been a real pleasure. No, it's been really good chatting to you. I've got just final five questions that we ask yes. to everyone. Oh, right. So whatever comes to mind first up, that's your best answer. Uh, number one, biggest challenge hurdle you've overcome? Oh, that would be personal. My marriage breakup, finding myself again after 27 years of marriage. Well, thanks for sharing that. No Very problem. personal. Um, number two, a daily habit that helps you stay motivated. Getting my head under the water. A dip in the ocean. Yeah, they say apparently if you swim in the ocean every day, it's really good for your mental health. Something about, even if it's freezing, just jump in. It totally changes. It is transformational. Whether it's a hangover or a bit of depression or a bit of anxiety, I put my head under the water for instantly better. Yeah. Magic. And I think for people that don't live by the ocean, have a cold shower. So I used to do that when I lived in England. Sometimes it just 
sort of gets your blood pumping and your mind going, I think. I do that too. I go from a hot shower, which is comfortable and sort of pleasant, to just switch to cold at the end. Yeah. And it just, <laughs> it just something just clicks in, doesn't it? Yeah, I always... I know Tony Robbins, the you know, lifestyle guru, he does that every day. Um, Interesting. Has a, and I always do... My husband, when he gets in the shower, goes, ah... Why have you left it cold every time? <laughs> that is good for you. <laughs> is he embracing the idea? No. <laughs> um, okay, number three, advice to your younger self. Believe in yourself more strongly. Yeah, that's a really important one, I yeah. think, especially starting a business. That's, I struggle with that a lot. Make sure just that constant self-belief that you have to have, don't you, conviction... I think you do, and I think it's tuning into yourself each day. So we can easily be put off and put down. Um, but if we take some time just to be still and tune into what it is you're doing and who you are, that refocus. Yeah. yeah, I think that's why that meditation, like you were saying, doing something in meditation and yoga is really important in today's society that the more people that... You know, I know my dad was saying, oh, meditation, it's just for hippies. And, and I've been doing it recently. And he's like, oh, you, you know, and I said, no, it's so good for you. It's, um, I think, yeah, everyone can benefit from it, can't they? I think, you know, for our parents' generation as well, they didn't have so many distractions that we have. They would take walks and didn't have phones in their hands 24-7. So they probably didn't need it. They had other ways of, of finding that space. But we're constantly bombarded and distracted. So... More and more, the younger generations are going to need that for their mental well-being. Yeah. Yeah, would you say to people, you know, put your phone down, oh. switch off for a few hours a day? Or have children. Because <laughs> <laughs> they will demand that you do that. But do you yeah. have some, if, you, if you don't have a reason to be quiet and still or away from your business, make it happen. Because it's dangerous not to. Yeah. I know I saw a friend yesterday that's just had a baby, Rachel, and she is sitting there breastfeeding her baby, and she said, I haven't left the sofa. I'm just, I'm, you know, this machine that's feeding. And, and um, she said it's really lovely that, you know, it really helps you to be totally present. And, yeah, and a beautiful thing to do. Yeah, very special. Yeah. And um, a good habit or skill... Did I just ask that one? Good habit or skill that's um, helps you... Hang on, I'm losing my train of thought. Um, I think it was question... I can't remember which question. Advice to your younger self. Yes, a good habit or skill. We did good, that we one. Did, we didn't... I don't think we did... Oh, we didn't, know. Good skill. habit or skill to develop in business. I think a daily meeting, whether it's even with yourself, yeah. just to reset and say, what are my priorities today? Yeah. Yeah, that's good advice. And lastly, finish the sentence, and an influencer is dot, dot, dot. Someone I want to hear from and learn from. Yeah, well said. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Why are you giggling? <laughs> I was thinking, who are my influencers? And they're often... My friends, I don't, I oh, don't actually seek, I, I don't seek a lot of um, people online, and I probably should do a bit more of it. I know my children do, get a lot of their daily information from content online, and even though I used to work in this industry, I, I don't. Uh, and I was thinking maybe I should be looking for more yeah, there's inspiration. So, yeah, well, there's you know? so many, and I think you know the word influencer has a little bit of a bad um, rap at the moment and people have this vision that it's someone like I said before just you know taking pictures of themselves but actually you know the true influencers are sharing amazing home-cooked recipe ideas for people or giving them health advice to feel happier every day and I think everyone can find an influencer that relates to them and yeah. And feel part of a community. And I know lots of influencers are now are trying to connect with their community offline too. So holding little events and um, meetups as well. It's interesting you say that. Because when I think of influencers now, a slightly different way from when you first asked the question, I'm thinking I don't want to be near around influencers. I'm not interested in influencers who seem to have a very large ego. 
and it comes across from, um, I guess, from social media, that some clearly do not. It's not about them. It's about what they're sharing. Yeah. And it's and and when someone is collaborative and sharing, I'm instantly more attracted than when I'm hearing how great someone their is. lives are and yeah because I think it's important to be questioning about what that person wants from its audience yeah and you you can tell when someone wants to share the passion it comes across in a completely different yeah, way yeah it's very authentic then isn't yeah. it you can tell I know Nagi who's Australia's top food blogger she says she speaks to her community as friends like they're yeah. She replies to every comment. She has 8 million unique wow. users a month. She, wow. rep- she says she can't do everyone now, no. but she mainly replies to most of the comments and, and asks, answers the most you know, menial questions about how do I turn my oven on sometimes and because she really cares. And I right. think, yeah, looking at those influencers that really do care about their community is really important. And I suppose that's understanding what you have to offer. Yeah. Like what are you really offering to your to your followers to your audience and 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 obviously if you have a real expertise combined with passion then people want to know about that yeah um, whereas there are some of the influencers maybe these are the ones who get the more difficult rap they're really just promoting themselves as humans yeah and their glamorous lifestyle glam- i think yeah. that's that's when it has a negative effect because people look at this world that seems totally unattainable and yeah it makes them feel worse and worse about themselves yeah do you notice that with the ones that your children might follow or? i have questioned my 19 20 year old about why she loves these why she follows some of these girls who just appear to show pictures of themselves in bikinis and things but she's told me and this is fair that they are nutritionists and fitness experts yeah so um, I don't know that that's not true, and it, maybe it's, maybe I'm just drawing the wrong conclusions. Yeah, I so should that, ask more questions. Yeah, <laughs> like a healthy body image they might be sharing, yeah, exactly. or you know how to exactly. feel good about yourself. Yeah. Oh, thanks, Jackie. Way. Yeah, very, it's interesting how it's going to change and evolve, isn't it? it with is. um, I wonder what the next, next big trend will be. Thank you, thanks, and um, yeah, we'll chat to you soon. <laughs>